Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Instead of us understanding that, no, we're all part of a body that works together, and God has gifted some of you in ways He has never gifted me. And we work together in in that way in order to be a strong body, to be a powerful body, to be a caring body, to be a loving body, to be an equipped body, to be an empowered body for the glory of Christ and for the impact of the community that Christ has placed us. Each gift is valuable, and each member is valuable. Are you aware of which spiritual gifts you possess? All believers are created with unique abilities to contribute to God's work in this world. Today, Pastor David explains ways to view your God-given gifts. Serving God is not meant to bring yourself glory. Rather, God is glorified as believers seek to grow and use their lives in the way that God has designed them. The incredible outcome of seeking to please God is that in return, we often experience the very fulfillment we long to experience. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Wisdom. Sometimes I get confused, you know, when I'm speaking. But I promise you, the Holy Spirit does it. He's not going to bring conflict. He himself is not going to bring conflict or confusion. So guess what? If there's conflict and confusion, guess where that comes from? That guy or gal that you see every morning in the mirror? And or the enemy that's trying to, again, stumble people up. It's not the work of the Holy Spirit to bring confusion. Should there ever be mixed messages in the working or in the demonstration of these gifts? No, no. Because again, if it's the same spirit that works in all of them, it should be the same message, the same direction. And again, just as Jesus had said that he and the Father were one, so the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not only in harmony with his own works, But he's also in the balance of the word and of the message of God the Father and of Christ. All of them working together. So if there's confusion, then we need to stop and say, whoa, okay, whatever's going on here is is not right because there's confusion. So let's find out where the right is and get rid of the wrong. That's how simple that goes. It's not this big, huge thing that we, you know, uh, suddenly party lines need to be drawn. No, then it's the time of, I I thought the Lord was leading us over here. Well, I thought the Lord was leading us over here. I'll I'll give you one real quick uh, insight to my counseling, okay? For both Tot and I, we kind of have this rule. If you come to me or her and say, well, God told me to do this, then you know what? We say, okay. 
God told you to do that? I'm not going to argue with God. Now, I might show you in the Word that, wow, that's, that's not what the Word says at all. As a matter of fact, that's against the Word. But there's a whole lot of things that people do in this life. And they come up with, say, God told me to do this. I'll give you a little clue and insight on me. I very seldom, if ever, say, God told me to do this. Why? Because I know the wickedness of my own heart. Now, I seek after the Lord's leading. And I can usually tell in retrospect, that was God. That was God that told me to do that one. Oh, but that was me that told me to do that one. And that's the one that crashed and burned. Now, we seek the Lord's will. We seek the Lord's direction. But be very, very careful when you use those words, God told me to do this. Do you really, really, really know that it's God? Or is it just something that you really, really, really want to do? Or that you feel? Okay, that was side. That's not even in there. Okay, let's move on. The fourth and the final, very important and very quick points I want to make. Each one of these gifts of the Holy Spirit are distributed to each one individually as who wills? As the Holy Spirit wills, as he wills. The primary reason for using the gifts with great humility is that you don't deserve them and you didn't earn them. There's nothing that you and I could do to earn any of the gifts of the Spirit. He does it on his own. He distributes to each one individually as he wills. And don't get tied into only this gift or only that gift. Now, it's okay to seek to know your gift, but don't be overly obsessed in discovering or finding out the gift or the gifts that he's given you. Trust me, if you are seeking him and you are being led by him, he'll demonstrate within your life that gift. He'll raise it up in your life when the time comes. We may come to a conclusion that a particular gift is not really ours. You know, okay, man, I just do not have the gift of, uh, of healing. Let's just throw that one out there. I just really do not have the gift of healing. And yet tomorrow afternoon, there may be an automobile accident, and I'm the only one there, and what am I going to pray? Lord, I've got the spirit of generosity, so here's five bucks. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pray for a healing for that guy. I'm going to pray that God would do that work. I'm going to tell you a really weird thing. You may agree with me. You may not, depending upon teachings of where you've been and what you've heard. I believe that the Holy Spirit delivers, equips, or, or distributes the gifts to each one as he wills, as the need is there. As the need is there. I, I don't need the gift of healing if what you need is just mercy right now, if you just need somebody to come alongside you and walk with you, you're not sick, but man, you've just been beat up and you just need mercy. Lord, give me that gift of mercy. I really, you know, I, I just need to love on this guy. I, we just need to encourage them in this. Why would we be stuck with certain particular gifts and think that's all that I can work in? Beloved, that, that gets back to what Paul is fighting against in Corinth. 
All this division. Well, I'm of Apollos. Oh, I'm of Paul. I'm of Cephas. I'm of Jesus. Well, I, you know, I, I got the gift of administration, so you guys take care of that, and I'll just tell you how to do it. Okay? Instead of, hey, you know, a work needs to be done, getting in there and doing it, and praying, Lord, hey, give me that gift of knowledge. Give me that gift of the word of wisdom, or give me a gift of prophecy as, as I'm ministering to this individual. I may never talk in front of people in all of my life, but Lord, right now, this guy or this gal, they need to know you. So I just need to be empowered by your spirit to speak to them. I don't want to drive this 57 Chevy on my own in sharing my faith. Oh my gosh, I've tried that too many times. You, you want to share your faith with somebody and you got this big old 57 Chevy and you're, you're just running into everything. And your heart's just pounding like crazy and you're just going nuts. Why? Because you're doing it on your own power rather than being equipped and gifted by God to be able to flow gently and to speak, man, this is what God did to me. He might not move in the same way in your life, but let me tell you what he did to me and to be able to share that in a way. One other thing on this. In all of this, we understand that Jesus receives the glory because it certainly isn't us. It's all for him It's of him, it's through him, all for the glory of Jesus. Okay, that's the four important and quick points I wanted to make by way of introduction. But I really do believe that if we get those right, if we get those things right, it'll really help us in the understanding. Uh, it'll, It'll help us to have less problems, it'll help us to have less misuse of the gifts, and I believe also it'll help us deal with whatever fear that we might have when we start talking about the gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. As we get further into chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, we're going to see that the church is designed to function as a physical body functions. The body is one, even though it has many members. Each person who comes to faith in Jesus is a member of the body of Christ, and each person has a specific role to play within that body. And that's one of the hardest things, I think, for the church to understand because we are built into a culture that says, I'm at the theater, I paid my price when the guys came by with the plate, I want to sit here and I want to be entertained or I got a funnel that I'm going to stick in my head. Pastor, you fill it up, and when it's full, I'll pull it out. I'll walk out the door, and that's what church is all about for me. Instead of us understanding that, no, we're all part of a body that works together, and God has gifted some of you in ways he has never gifted me. And we work together in, in that way in order to be a strong body, to be a powerful body, to be a caring body, to be a loving body, to be an equipped body, to be an empowered body for the glory of Christ and for the impact of the community that Christ has placed us. Each gift is valuable and each member is valuable because the members of the church need one another in order for all of us to, again, function as a whole. When Christians serve in their spiritual gifts that that, that God bestows them, guess what? Jesus is exalted. Not the individual members, but Jesus is exalted. The love of God is demonstrated to the world that's around us. And each believer then, we can start experiencing that personal fulfillment and that great joy. Man, we now got power steering. 
and we're not struggling as much as we used to be. Oh, there may be days. Maybe the fluid's a little low, okay? We need to get refilled with the Spirit of God. But again, it's that understanding that when we understand this, when we've got these, all these things going, man, the, the, the ride is so much better. And again, in this way, the body of Christ can know and we can enjoy the fullness of God. But you know what? If believers don't use their spiritual gifts, and if they're not using them because of either ignorance or out of fear or out of selfishness or laziness or rebellion, whatever it might be, guess what? You are, distribute, or you are contributing to the dysfunction of the body. When you, as an individual member, are not moving and working in the flow and the ministry of the Holy Spirit within your life, it's not just that you become non-effective. No, you're actually contributing to areas of dysfunction. And there's areas then that our church is not as powerful in Christ as it should be. We're not making the impact in our community as we should. Why? Because members of the body aren't, again, walking and moving in the spirit and in the fullness of God. Okay, spiritual gifts, again, they're gifts of grace. They're meant to be used in strengthening the church and glorifying Christ. Correct exercising of these gifts is the responsibility of every believer. Have I shared with you recently that you are an important part of the body of Christ? Have I shared with you recently that your gift within the body is an important part of the body of Christ? Have I shared with you recently that every one of us work together as a whole? Okay, so let's not forget that. Let's hold on to that. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4, you don't need to turn there, but you can write it down. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know what? I'm a steward of God. And, and you know, we, we talk about being a steward of our finances, okay, but we are stewards of every aspect of our life, our time, our talents, our treasures, and also the gift of God within our life or the gifts of God, that work of the Spirit of God within our lives. We are stewards of that. And, yeah, it can be a heavy responsibility. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, he says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. We are stewards of that manifold grace of God. We need to be encouraging each other to walk in that same grace, lest again someone should fall short of that grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up again and cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. So in other words, dealing with this whole idea that Paul deals with in in Corinth here about this division and this this divisiveness, these jealousies and these one-upmanship things, man, don't, don't let that even become a part. Because by that, many people are defiled. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have a list of nine particular gifts. David, if you and De Golden would do me a favor, I've got sheets up here on this first chair. And if you did not get one of these last week, or if you lost it, or you used it in your birdcage or whatever, and you need one this week, just raise up your hand. They'll make sure that you get you one. 
I didn't know you had a bird, Floyd. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. First Corinthians chapter 12 lists nine of the gifts. And if we add Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4, we end up with about 14 more or less. Some say as many as 19, depending upon you know, which ones equate with each other. We're going to start with the gifts here in 1 Corinthians 12 as the framework. And we'll add the other passages on as we go. I want to give you as clear an understanding of the gifts as possible. But like I said last week, this cannot be. Please do not allow it to be just a head thing. Because that does absolutely nothing. It's just like, you know, right now in our culture, we've got more Bibles and books about prayer and books about discipleship and books about uh, the empowered walk of the believer and all these. We've got all these books, but you know what? We've got a weak church. We've got a weak church. We've got a lot of head knowledge that needs to go down about 18 inches or so. So again, give you the understanding We'll go through, and while we're going through, I'm going to also bring you some opposing thoughts about some of the gifts, explain to you why I think maybe they're wrong, or, you know, we'll go from there, we'll move on from there. To assist us in understanding the gifts and their usage, it might be advisable, in many cases, we'll look at them, kind of divide them up. There's a lot of Bible teachers, a lot of commentary that they've done that, they've done it in a variety of different ways that they divide it up. Some have sought to divide them up according to what Paul writes in verses 4 through 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a diversity of gifts, there's a differences of ministries, and there are diversities of activities, saying this, well, three different deals. There's gifts, there's ministries, there's activities. But I, I think at best, that's just pretty cumbersome. And in reality, I don't think it fits really well with really what the gifts are. I think that Paul is simply using these synonyms or, or words of the activities in just in his form of writing to bring about what we spoke about last week, that there are differences of gifts and, and ministries and activities, but there is only one Holy Spirit, one Lord Jesus, and one God the Father. I think that's the important thing of what Paul was trying to get cross in chapter or in verses four through six. Some divide the gifts out as revelation gifts and power gifts and vocal gifts. And that, that might work. Uh, the way I found it, it, it's just easy to divide them up according to what Peter writes in first Peter chapter four. Keep your place in, in first Corinthians 12, turn to your, your right, your military right to first Peter chapter four, first Peter chapter four. Maybe you didn't realize that uh, Peter talked about the gifts of the Spirit, but he does. We touched on it a little earlier. 1 Peter chapter 4, down in verse 10 and 11. Peter writes, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then he goes on in verse 11. He says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So here the easy way to divide it up to me is the speaking or the vocal gifts and the ministering or the serving gifts. 
it's relatively easy to see how each one of these gifts fall into place in, in that kind of division. You, let's just look at them, if you would. You've got your papers here with you. The gifts, although they are not in order on that paper according to Scripture, remember last week I told you I shifted them around so that we could see those that are similar in all uh, four of those verse categories. But if you, we say a speaking gift or a ministering gift. And we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, the first one we come to is the word of wisdom. Is that a speaking or a ministering gift? I, I can't argue with both. When the whole thing starts out, a word, a W-O-R-D, a word of wisdom, okay, that tells me it's more of a speaking gift, okay? It will minister when it's done right. I understand that. But all of them do that. So cut me some slack. Word of knowledge, speaking gift. Thank you. Okay, now we're going in the flow. Okay, what about faith? I think it's more of a ministering gift. And again, you're going to speak things and declare things in faith. I understand that, but it's it's a ministry. And when we get into the definitions, we'll probably see a little bit clearer what we're looking at here. You look at the gift of healing. That's a ministering gift. That's a service gift. Are you going to speak? Well, yeah, you probably will. But at the same time, it is mainly a ministering gift. The gift of uh, prophecy, that's a speaking gift. Thank you very much. So the speaking gift right there. The gift of miracles, a ministering or service gift. The gift of tongues, speaking gift. The interpretation of tongues, speaking gift. Discerning of spirits, that's a ministering gift. Yeah, you're going to find out, well, that's not right. I mean, you're going to speak, but it's going to be ministering because of the intent and the impact of it. We look at, actually, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. We've got some of the ones that are in there. Say the gift of apostles. That's kind of both, actually. You know, that was one that I really felt solid. That's both. Uh, The apostle, he's going to be speaking, but he's ministering to the overall thing. Prophets, that's primarily a speaking gift. The gift of uh, teachers, primarily a speaking gift. Tongues, again, speaking. Miracles, that's a ministry, service gift. The gifts of healing, a ministry, service gift. Gift of helps, again, ministering, service gift. Administrations, primarily service and ministering. There will be speaking done with it, but primarily it's kind of holding things together. When we get to Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, Again, prophecy is there. Prophecy, primarily the speaking forth, the telling forth, the oracles of God, the, the, the word of God. So a speaking gift. Teaching, again, speaking. Exhortation, the, again, that's the idea of speaking and speaking out into people's lives, encouraging people, directing people, correcting people. Uh, the gift of ministry, well, the name itself, it's a ministry gift. The uh, uh, generosity or giving, that's a ministry gift. Leadership, again, there'll be speaking, but primarily it's an overall type of a ministry gift. Mercy, a ministry type of a gift. You're helping, you're assisting someone. When we get to Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, again, we got prophets again. We also have apostles again. Evangelists, definitely a speaking gift. Pastors and teachers, definitely a speaking gift. So we see that how they can fall into those categories fairly cleanly. Again, there is that that's primarily just speaking out. There is that that's just kind of hands-on. Man, I'm, I'm in there. I'm, I'm working, you know, whatever the need is there. Open our hearts. 
The book of 1 Corinthians is probably best known for its passage on love in chapter 13. You've probably heard these verses spoken at weddings, but these words on the character of love can also be applied to our relationship with God. God loved us so much that He gave His Son to stand in our place of judgment. Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life and then took every sin of every human being upon Himself, dying so that we didn't have to. That incredible love is available to you right now. If you want to know more about Jesus and the life of forgiveness and love He has waiting for you, please call us at 520-836-9676. You can also send us an email by visiting our website at theopenword.com. As a next step, we encourage you to find a solid Bible-based church to help you grow in your walk with God. With a special invitation regarding that, here's Pastor David. Hey, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith and given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area and are looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Creator and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. We are so glad you joined us today here on The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 1 Corinthians right here on The Open Word.